Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. Do you ever wonder why some people seem so happy and positive while events and situations around them look grim? Perhaps when they face great adversity. How about for you personally when life brings challenges, change, and perhaps even chaos? Do you stay authentically, genuinely positive and happy? I really, really mean the authentic part. We all know the Pollyanna types that make us doubt and question what's really going on with that person. But we also know those eternally positive and happy people that bring a sense of peace and calm to even the worst situations. Well, the world needs a little more of those people right now. We're going to dive into the medicine of connection, our therapeutic and healing connection with ourselves, with others, and the community at large. We will learn from our guest how the science of positivity and happiness can give you helpful, concrete, and specific tools so you can be empowered to choose the positive, happy life you want. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Amy Dix is an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, two-time international best-selling author, and positive psychology practitioner. She is the founder of The Positive Life Company, which brings the science and research behind happiness to others so they can achieve anything they want in life before it's too late. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you, Amy. I'm happy to be here. Number one, <laughs> confession. Oh, happy, yeah, happy, positive. I'm happy to be here too. But genuinely <laughs> interested in really lifting up and supporting a fellow Nebraskan. You don't live in Nebraska yeah. now, but you grew up here and went to school here. And I'm really happy to say, fellow Nebraskan, here we go. Let's have a fun oh, conversation. I love that. I love that. Nebraska is such a special place. It is. And, you know, most people, I I should just say this, you probably know this now, but um, the tourism people were playing with slogans. And I really think it's been fascinating to watch it. At first, I felt really insulted. And then it was like, oh, no, this is a good one. And um, most people will say it's the flyover state or the drive through state. And that's okay. Just keep going. Just don't, don't, (laughs) don't, don't stop and, and make it home. But the new slogan, have you heard it, Amy? Yeah, like it's not for everyone, that one? Yeah, Nebraska, it's not for everyone. (laughs) So, okay, I'm going to stop being insulted by it and go, you know what? There's a lot of amazing people in Nebraska. So, and a lot of amazing things, a lot of beauty and, oh, there's so much. Okay, Amy, I better... I better get focused here or we'll just be having storytelling and having fun the whole time, which wouldn't be a bad deal. But I do want to start with our traditional first question here on the show, because I like to set our conversation 
into a larger meme, into a whole worldview. And, and with that, this topic's a little um, different than normal, but I know we're going to bring that back around and, and all will make sense to our listeners who normally tune in. So I want to start with our traditional first question. Can you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? All things connected means to me more so like the connections in life that we make, the connections with other people. So, you know, we can be connected to objects. We can be connected to spirituality. We can be connected to the earth, the world. When I truly hear that phrase, I think about all the possibilities that come into our life based on the connections of the people that we know. Mm. Beautiful. Well, we are going to talk a lot about those connections, and that's what I really, um, after reading your book and, and looking at your material, I think that that one piece is so important, just like I mentioned in the introduction, that really there's a medicine, a real healing medicine when we talk about our connection with not only ourselves, but others and the world around us and that connection. So, Amy, tell us a little bit about you and your journey. Let's begin there. What inspired you to study positivity and happiness and ultimately found the Positive Life Company? Yeah, so in April 2016, my mom was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. And throughout that whole time, she really inspired me because she said a few things to me Uh, and she was just like this woman of great positivity and just happy all the time, despite many challenges that she had throughout life. You know, a lot of, a lot of things that people would look at and go, well, she shouldn't be that happy. You know, she shouldn't have such a great attitude. Uh, but she did. And, and so it really led me to kind of study and research and go, okay, well, how is this woman, like, how can you throw all these challenges with this woman? And how can you tell this woman that she's dying yet she can still have like this really positive, happy attitude and also be very, very realistic. So that started everything Uh, that started the research that started uh, the positive life company and understanding, you know, what that, what the science of happiness truly is. And also, you know, that started the story of, of seven more days of the book. So that was the beginning of my whole journey in this whole happiness realm. Mm. Well, you use your story and your personal experience of going through that in a beautiful way to kind of map this trajectory of happiness and positivity. And and you mentioned the science of happiness, and, and that's what you've really founded this company on is, is looking at the science and the research. So what is the science of happiness? What is it and what does it tell? What does it teach us? Yeah, so I think, you know, to look at the science of happiness, you have to understand positivity. And positivity is not an end in itself, right? So it's a means to the end and the end being happiness. And I like to say that positivity is the way that we can change our thoughts or use our thoughts to change the way we feel. So when we can use our thoughts to change the way we feel, if we break that down, if the ultimate end or the ultimate feeling is happiness, then that tells us that we can choose, we have the choice to be happy by using positivity. 
And as the science breaks down, it's quite fascinating in the fact that we as human beings are actually not born to be positive, happy people. So we are actually fighting against our own genes and our environment. We are more prone to negativity than we are positivity. And I think that that was one of the more shocking things that I learned when I started diving into the research because, man, wouldn't this world just be an awesome place if we were all just positive and happy all the time? But that's simply not the case, right? So, and, and this, I think, kind of explains why. And it's just not, it's not easy because we, as humans, are prone to more negativity. So we, we are more attracted to negativity than we are positivity. So we have to fight for it. And I think that that's a really interesting, when you understand that, I think that changes everything because then you understand that this is a battle, right? Like this is something you have to fight for. Happiness is something you have to fight for. Whether you're an overly positive person or not, we're all still fighting for it. Mm, that word fighting has almost a negative connotation too. I was thinking about, you use that in the book too, of, that you have been fighting for positivity for a very long time. And, um, you know, some other words that I was playing with is like, okay, we work toward it. We choose it. We have to, it, we have to really become diligent, don't we? We have to be discerning that literally. So right now on the planet, we have so much negativity coming toward us. This is part of why I wanted to do the show. It's like if we're prone to negativity and we all know that curiosity about the negative too. We like, you know, people or maybe you're one yourself that when there's something negative going on, it just kind of pulls us in, sucks us in. We we're so, and that's what you mean by the, the research is showing us, right? That we, we get pulled into those negative stories. We get pulled into the drama. We get, yeah. So, so, (laughs) so, so, Amy, I so I have a I have a lot of questions and and I'd love to explore this more because well let's just start with this one statistic that you say in the book. Okay. So we are all aware of a lot of negative happening in our environment and you mention in the book that you know there's always been negative there's always been challenges but the media and technology with social media has is bringing it to us and we have a choice we'll get to that later the tools the techniques of mm-hmm. what to do but here's a statistic that really moved me that you you said that the world happiness report that was released in 2017 mm-hmm. showed mm-hmm. that in 10 years the United States had fallen from third to 19th in the happiness rankings. There was 34 mm-hmm. countries. We fell from third to 19th. So I'm going to assume that's like 2005 to 2015 or 2007 to 2017, somewhere in there. But somehow mm-hmm. we in the U.S. fell in the rankings. What does that mean mm-hmm. to you? What did you make of that statistic? Yeah. yeah, so the United States is the unhappiest that it's ever been. And even when I say that, and even when I say that sentence, it almost makes me really sad because this is why we have to fight for our positivity. But, you know, you can look at the different factors and understand like, okay, so why are we unhappy um, in that particular world happiness or in the latest world happiness report? 
uh, which is absolutely lovely book. It, there was a whole chapter on there about the digital world and how the digital world actually is affecting uh, specifically the United States happiness. And we are more connected yet disconnected than we've ever been. So we, through social media and through the digital world, we are more connected <laughs> through to people and to the world and to stories than we've ever been historically. We can get information at the drop of a dime. Yet we're more disconnected in our relationships with people because the digital world has allowed us to just surface level established relationships. And it's almost like an easy out. Like, oh, well, I'm friends with that person on Facebook. Like, I'll just use family for an example because I think people can maybe relate. So, you know, you may be, and, and maybe not like your immediate family, but let's just talk about cousins for a second. Uh, so you're connected with your cousin on Facebook. You're more connected to them because you see everything that's going on. Maybe they're having babies. Maybe they're, they just took a trip somewhere, but you understand what's going on in their life. Yet, do you ever pick up the phone to call them to see how they're doing? Did you ever pick up the phone to call them to congratulate them on their newborn? Did you ever send them a text, right? It's almost like we don't have to anymore because in our brains, we've consumed this information. We feel connected to that person because we see them on Facebook. That doesn't mean, or social media, that doesn't mean that they see everything that we're doing. So we make this assumption that as much as we see what's going on in other people's lives, they know the same amount of what's going on in our life. And it's really can be a, an unbalance. And this is how we get so disconnected. So we're more connected, yet disconnected than we've ever been. Yeah. Amy, I have a real life example of that of um, five years ago, I broke a leg and I, I did more than break my leg. I broke six bones in my leg. And so during my recovery time, people would see things on Facebook once in a while. They would see my husband downtown and ask how mm -hmm. I was or see my mm -hmm. sister and ask how I was. But I realized in f five months later, I was still recovering. It was a really big event in my life. Five months later, I was so disconnected. Nobody was stopping by the house. Wow. Nobody was talking to me face to face. Nobody was coming over or calling. Okay. They were just checking on me through social media or through another yeah. person they saw on the street. So it's, I, I totally get what you're saying about that. Yeah. And, and it's this illusion of connection. Really, we talk about, <laughs> it's funny on this show, you know, we, we talk about breaking through the illusion of separation, but really I think it's, this is fascinating, breaking through the illusion of connection that social media creates a false sense of connectedness with our loved ones, our friends. And you also mention in the book, of course, you know, here we have 5,000 friends and we really aren't friends with them and we're really not connected with them. We're not having a conversation. We're not, we're not speaking, you know, we're just all liking and, you know, clicking through and right. what have you. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this positivity thing and social connection, um, I, I, I want to dig into the social part here in just a little bit, but I also just want to pause before we get too far away from this is that 
you were talking about defining positivity and you don't mean that Pollyanna type that I mentioned earlier. Um, we're not talking about Pollyanna happy, Pollyanna positivity that I'm an eternal optimist and people know that about me. I'm pretty much an optimist and I can stand up in front of an audience and everybody can walk away feeling good even when they walk outside the door and the same things are going on. But that's a different kind of positive than that, Pollyanna. Can you define for us that positivity of what we're really talking about here and what the brain research is showing us of how this positivity, this authentic, different kind of positivity leads to happiness? Yeah, I love the word authentic because um, I think that's truly the key word here. I mean, it is because... Otherwise, what what we're talking about is people who just say, oh, I'm so happy all the time and look at me. And and when you see that, sometimes it's like, oh, it's almost draining. Like those people are almost draining because it doesn't feel authentic and it doesn't feel right. And you almost like question if they really are optimistic, optimistic and positive. So, you know, um, I, I say this and we'll get into the science here in a second. Um, but I'll, I'm going to redefine positivity or, or say it again, which is it's using your thoughts to change the way you feel. So no matter what position you're in or whatever event is happening in your life, it's first recognizing those thoughts. Like I feel sad or I feel angry, right? And then using those thoughts to now shift your thinking into saying, but it could be worse or, you know, uh, or I'm going to get through it. And I'll give you an example. So, uh, you know, my mom diagnosed a term of brain cancer. Sounds terrible, right? And it is, it's sad, it's terrible. She's dying. That's the reality of it. So a lot of times when I talk about this story, people, they feel sad. They're like, oh my gosh, it's so terrible. I'm so sorry. And one of the things that I like to point out is, yeah, but you know what? We got eight months with her. Eight months. Can you imagine like saying, okay, I'm going to die, but I have eight months left to live. Not, not everybody gets that, right? So some people only get minutes. Some people don't get anything at all. Sometimes it can be very, very tragic. Like, oh, my mom just died. Like, she got in a car accident. She died. I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to say all these things. So it's using your thoughts to change the way you feel. So I shift my thoughts into saying, yes, it's sad. I am also very thankful that we got eight months with her. So that's a, that's a pretty deep example. I also like to say, though, that if somebody feels sad, it's okay to feel sad. So don't get me wrong. I'm not just saying like change your thoughts all the time and, you know, and, and don't grieve or don't go through the process of being sad in this example. If you feel sad, it's okay to feel sad. It's just, let's not stay in that state for too long because that's when we start to see deeper challenges and deeper problems. And so use your thoughts to change the way that you feel. Uh, the science, a little bit of the science behind it is, you know, we have to, ex we have to ex experience, I call it in the book, I call it just the three to one ratio, but essentially we have to experience three positive events to every one negative event in order to combat negativity. So that might 
sound really easy, but if you kind of document through, throughout your day different events that happen, a lot of them are neutral, okay? So if you take those neutral events, like I drove to work, that's a neutral event. You can look at that as positive or negative. And we know through science that we're more prone to negativity. So we're going to take that neutral event. I drove to work and now our thoughts are going to be like, traffic was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I was late and it wasn't my fault. You know, so that's going to be the negative side of it. So you have to take those neutral events then and turn them into positives and change your mindset. So three to one ratio, experience three positive to every one negative. I, I like that three to one ratio because again, there's a tool. Here's a tip for us listeners. Um, really that three to one ratio also works for the negative. So like um, you and I share a story. I, um, my father passed away five years ago and it was a very lengthy illness a very lengthy illness over years but in the end in its acute stage it was months and then a decision to go home and and die in hospice was a seven day process it was ironic you you talk about seven days and from the decision to go mm -hmm. home without support and help to die at home it was exactly seven days so i'm going to use that as the example of taking that one negative and finding the positive within it so that three to one ratio even works not for neutral events it works with that negative mm -hmm. that so for example that time in my life was the most blessed time ever and i got to spend time with him I got to spend time with my sisters. I got to spend time with my stepmom. I got to be in his life and in his home. And I wrote some of the most beautiful writings mm -hmm. I have ever written during that time. So do you see where I'm, where I'm going with this three to one ratio yeah. that it's also a real key for us to be mindful that when there's something going on as we're looking at this world and and americans dropping in their happiness quotient like for example i say this all the time we talk about this on the show but when we're looking at what's going on in our political arena outside it really is a beautiful thing that so much is happening to break down more of the negative unhealthy patterns mm -hmm. that literally yeah. we have an opportunity here to step in and to redefine who we are as, as Americans and recreate a healthier system, whole system in every aspect of our life of whole systems, health in politics, whole systems, health in education, whole systems, health and in, in healthcare and healing. So we can take any one of these negatives that are coming at us. And if we really listen to the medicine of Amy Dix here, you're teaching us. <laughs> it's like, let's, let's move into that positive to negative ratio. You know what? I want to bring more of that medicine back in and I'm talking too long. So we're going to take a quick break here. And when we return, we're going to go more into the science and more into some really concrete and specific tools and techniques that you can use to co-create this life of positivity and happiness that you desire. This is Dr. Julie from the Dr. Julie show. We'll be right back.
radio to inspire, encourage, and empower your life. This is Empower Radio. All right. I know this isn't any fun to talk about, but we should. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Where to be found. Batteries? Dead. Great. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. Not packed. What about blankets? We have an old towel. Good enough. Cell phones? May not work. Uh, emergency water? Not a drop. And what about food? Nope. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated, yeah? The library! Aunt Joan's house. The bus stop. Great. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Sounds like we don't have a plan. Who's up for mini golf? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you left with money ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Hello, I'm Regina of Romancing Your Soul. Coming home from the gym on the bus, it was so crowded I had to stand. I moved to the middle and found a pole to hold on to. When I got myself firmly planted, I noticed a man about 10 feet away looking at me. Our eyes met. He smiled. I smiled. He mouthed, good morning. I mouthed, good morning to you. He silently replied, I am wonderful today. How are you? I silently mouthed, I am wonderful too. Then he mouthed, have a blessed day. I silently replied, you have a blessed day too. We exchanged another smile and then he turned around. Regardless if I ever see the man again, I will never forget the angel with whom, for a brief moment, I shared a private, loving heart dance on a crowded Los Angeles City bus. Blessings. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. The only thing I didn't learn in school today is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Positively uplifting. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious 
courageous and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. You can check out many opportunities of how you can get involved and co-create with us at either juliecurl.com or goodofthewhole.org. And I was just thinking as I was reading that, I always promote the All Things Connected page on Facebook, but talk about positivity today here with Amy Dix. You can find her at the Positive Life co co like company.com the positive life co.com and i have a daily dose of soul care we're always bringing in the positive every day on facebook so look up our our little facebook group daily dose of soul care there's always a a yummy yummy little dose of positivity right there so amy we're back i'm here with amy dix founder of the positive life company also author of seven more days live a life that's bursting with positivity and happiness amy i would love for you to bring in some of your tools tips resources that you talk about how to remain positive in this world of change and chaos and adversity here we've got so much going on and we're not even talking about that interpersonal place um Yet there's there's so much really that's happening with all of us every day, even if we are not looking at the news or watching social media. So there's <laughs> there's always a challenge for us. But let's let's bring in okay. some of your tools, and then I really am looking forward to a, con- a conversation about those deeper connections and how therapeutic that is. So give us some tools, Amy. How do we stay? <laughs> positive and use the science of positivity for happiness right here right now yes so you you said one of my favorite words which is chaos you know i say like a lot of times in this world of chaos we all just need a little bit more positivity and it's so true you know and i think you know i talk about in the book kind of like the three pillars of happiness or of positivity which is your character your connections and your community so i think if you focus on those three things then and and i'll give some tips here on and how to apply in each little sector but i think if you focus on those three things then your happiness really explodes the first thing though that you have to do is be aware you have to really be aware of where you stand in your happiness so if you envision a target, like a dart, like a target, circle target, and if you divide that target into three different sections, in one section you have your character, in one section you have, uh, which is self-growth, uh, you, self-growth, connections, meaning your relationships with others, and then in the third section is community, meaning um, your community could be as simple as your local community, your, um, the, the world as a community could be a community. So outside, you know, like impacting the greater good. So if you picture that target and I give you three darts and I say, walk up to that target and I want you to put a dart on that target of where you stand, the bullseye being the ultimate happiness. Where would you put that dart in each of those three sections? And if we start there, then we can understand where we are, what our happiness level is in those three sections. And then from there, we can determine, okay, what activities do we need to do or how can we change our mindset in these three sections in order to increase our happiness? So when it comes to character, we're really talking about self-growth. We're talking about you. And you have to take care of you first. Like your happiness level has to be in line 
first. Before you can start taking care of your happiness within your connections or your community. So that's the building block. That's the foundation. And, you know, that can be as simple as your mindset. And that can be as simple as saying, you know what, in this moment, I have a choice. Um, and it, it could even be as simple as, you know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in like, well, but this event already happened, right? So maybe I could have handled it differently. So if you look at those events that has happened in, in your life and you can say, okay, how could I have been more positive in that event? Because sometimes we don't catch ourselves being negative until after the fact. Then you go, okay, let's look at the situation. I call it the Lucy model, L-U-C-Y. Um, let's look at the situation, understand what happened and how I felt, um, and why did I feel that way? Like, why was I negative? Why was I grumpy towards that person? Why did traffic really, truly get on my nerves? Is it because traffic is really tough or is it because I woke up late, you know? Um, and then C is challenge. So challenge yourself to change your mindset the next time it happens. And then you need to implement it. So that's one thing that you can do in character is, you know, you can be both proactive and reactive and the reactive then helps you be proactive in the future into being more, uh, more positive and a happier life. If you want to look at connections, I'll just give you this one of the more simplest things that you can do, which is you can right now, like as your listeners, are listening right now, I challenge every single listener to pick up their phone and to think about the first person who has a positive impact in their life. Don't judge it. Don't overthink it. Just who is the first person that came to mind? I want you to text that person and just tell them, I'm thinking of you. I love you. I hope you're having a good day. Whatever it is, just text them. And that is something so simple that takes no time at all that you can do every single day to help kind of build those connections. Eventually, I'm going to tell you, you should take it a step further and pick up the phone and actually call that person. But that is something that you can, that is a quick thing that you can do to start building those relationships. And then your community. You know, I think here you start to kind of really say, what is it? Where is like the legacy that I want to leave in my life? And how can I help the greater good? And I mean, in the book, I don't even know how many there are, but there's just examples of like acts of kindness, right? Um, you just Google, what, what's a random act of kindness that I can do today? And you can start to affect the community as a greater good. That's one small thing that you can do. And these are all just really tiny little things that you can do right now today, probably while you're still listening to this show. And it will, you'll be amazed in how that little, Thing helps increase your happiness. Mm. Okay, so let's just pause and really deepen into this because I think there's some really important um, science that also goes along with this, but we all can just feel that, like the difference between just like you asked us, invited us to pick up the phone and text that one person right now and say, I'm thinking of you. So let's just pause into this idea of connection. You know, this, like I mentioned at the top of the hour, the, the show is called The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. So when I read your three things, 
Amy, I, I, I experienced that as a connection with myself, my character, knowing me, knowing who I am, knowing what I need. I just really feel that as a connection to my wholeness, a connection to my potential, a connection to um, my soul and my soul's calling mm. as it's expressed as, as my character of how I walk through life. And then you talk about connecting with others. And I think then community, I'm going to come back to connecting with others, but I think that the community, connecting with community moving forward, connecting with the world at large is really begins with this foundation of connecting with myself and my wholeness and my soulfulness, as well as my authentic connection with others and, and how I treat others and how I walk through life. And, and then that one thread of positivity that I think is so important here. I think that that positivity, that word is way more important than happiness, you know, like really mm, looking at yeah. who we are today. So let's, let's just go a little deeper into our connection with others and what might, how might we expand into that? You also had mentioned um, changing, shifting our mindset here and, and you talk about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And I think <laughs> that oftentimes we need a little bit of that growth mindset when we're looking at our relationships, because some people in this world of technology, technology do find themselves lonely, isolated, perhaps not in a good place with their mindset of, of feeling that isolation of, well, I don't fit in, or I don't have that one person I can text right now, or how do we begin mm -hmm. in this area of relationships and connection with others, Amy, that we can literally bring meaning and depth into some of these relationships that matter. You talk about friends versus family. There's a lot in the book. So where do you, where do you want to begin with this? <laughs> a lot there, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. Connections, but I, it, this is so close to my heart because connections is, you you asked me, it's a, the very first question that you asked me. And, and I talked about connections with people and Connections with people, yeah, I talk about family and friends and, and the community and having your inner circle and outer circle. We can talk through that. And I think step one, and I talk about this a lot, and I think it's a difficult conversation that people don't want to have, but it's important, which is step one is you have to identify your inner circle, okay? So those people that you interact with on a regular basis, whether they're, you know, top 15 people, but who are, who is in your inner circle? Who are your very, very close friends and or close family? Because I wouldn't say all family is necessarily in your inner circle, but who is in your inner circle? And now I want you to identify and say, okay, out of those people that are in my inner circle, are they the best for me? Are they the best for my happiness? Do they support my happiness? Do they support my growth? And if the answer is no, or if the answer is something along the lines of this person makes me feel negative, this person makes me feel guilty, this person makes me feel sad. If, if that is how anyone within your inner circle makes you feel on a consistent basis, then the difficult decision 
that I challenge everyone to make is that you need to start taking the steps to eliminate that person from your life, no matter where they are in that circle, even and especially if they're in the inner circle of your core connection, because that person is halting you and they are stopping you from your true happiness. And I know it's not easy. And I've gone through the same thing. So I understand, but to release it is the best gift that you can give yourself because it is the greatest weight off of your shoulder. So that's number one, as you look at that. And then from there, you, you, then your job is to take that inner circle and, and, and not be selfish, right? So you're helping to support them too. So if I ask your inner circle the same question, is, is, is Dr. Julie helping you with your true happiness? Does she support your growth? Then they should be able to answer yes too. So you need to make sure that you are really cultivating and making sure that you're doing that for the other people within your inner circle. And then you can expand out to your outer circle. Once you have those solid connections and relationships within your inner circle, then you can start to expand out to the outer circle. And that really kind of, then there becomes this like blurred line between connections and community, but that will kind of guide you then through community. Mm. Thank you, Amy. I just want to, um, as you were talking, I was, I was thinking of, um, as a psychotherapist, I was also thinking about those, those transient times, those, those just temporary times of us falling into that negativity that mm-hmm. like, like, so literally someone falls into a depression, they're negative, that it could be toxic negativity, or mm-hmm. there's something going on in their life. And how do you deal with, I obviously, I would say, let's go talk to those people who are really toxically negative right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it would help them to come out of that depression, to come out of this place of negativity. But what do you do when these are the people that are in your closest mm-hmm. um, ring? I like to, I love that um, bullseye and, and looking at those that are closest as important that we invest time and energy and heart space and, you know, that, that more authentic, deeper relationship with. So you're not saying just get rid of them because they no longer serve you, but you're, how do you deal with them when perhaps they're going through a tough time or you're going through a tough time? And, and how much negativity are you suggesting that we do tolerate perhaps at times in our life? Yeah, I think the word consistent comes to mind. So, you know, somebody's going through something and they happen to be down in the dumps and maybe just a little bit negative because, you know, they've got a lot of other stuff that they're dealing with then, you know, that's not consistent behavior. You don't know them to be consistently negative. You know them in that moment of time or in that short period of time to be negative. So I think, you know, you really have to consider um, the consistency. And But if it is something that every single time you're with them, you feel negative or they make you feel like a bad person, then yes, then I would say it is time. And, you know, I talk also about, because I think this is actually really important to bring up right now, is um, assuming positive intention. So I just talk about assuming positive intention, meaning if somebody comes to you and they're in a bad mood or they make you feel bad or they put you down or whatever the case may be, 
I think first you have to assume that they had positive intention or that they did not have negative intention. So you make that assumption. It's almost like giving them the benefit of the doubt, right? So you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. They might be going through something right now. Uh, you know, something else they were upset with. It's, it's not me. It's, you know, something else that they're dealing with. So you first assume positive attention. And I think if you continue to do that in these relationships, but you continue to get a bad feeling or they continue to be negative, even though you are assuming positive intention at some point, then you have to ask yourself, okay, do they have negative intent behind what they're doing? Do they have negative intent behind what they're telling me? Do they have negative intent by putting me down every time they see me? If the answer to that is yes, then that's a very clear cut to me to say that that is likely a toxic person that you need to get rid of. So, Amy, this is a really important piece in today's milieu of um, political adversity, chaos, climate change, conversations that get heated. There's so much happening on our planet as we're really learning how to be more mature humans who Mm -hmm. have an expanded (laughs) sense of consciousness of of really that, that unity consciousness that we're talking about. So... What do we do with those people that perhaps are in our inner circle and take a polarized approach on the opposite extreme? And are these toxic people? Are these, you know, give time and space, but we come back to? What what do you suggest when that one person is totally driving you crazy because (laughs) of perhaps their belief or opinion about a topic and, and you don't know what to do with them? Yeah, so we all have these people. <laughs> we all have these people. I have a close friend. So, so inner circle that we're talking, a very close friend. And we have very opposite views about one particular topic. And, uh, you know, I actually, I've never, I see what he posts and I disagree. And I see how adamant he is about it. And I disagree. However, that is one topic that we don't disagree or that we disagree on. I've never even had the conversation with him on it because it does to me, it's not worth going down that he has his mind made up on this particular political viewpoint. And I have my mind made up on this particular, I shouldn't say it's political, but on this particular viewpoint. So I love this man dearly. He is an amazing friend to me. I will not let that one viewpoint that we might disagree on affect our friendship. I wouldn't do that because that is maybe 2% of my interaction with him as a whole. And so I'm going to go back to the consistency thing again. Yeah. Do I feel like kind of like, oh, you know, does it make my skin crawl <laughs> when I read some stuffy posts? Yeah, <laughs> it makes my skin crawl. But, you know, yeah. but I adore him on everything else because he is a good person. And I'm not going to, and who am I to judge just because we have different viewpoints on a particular topic to say that he isn't a good person. So, you know, I think you got to look at it as a whole. Beautiful. Okay, so I just want to label this um, as we 
come toward the last part of this conversation today of, of really how valuable and important these connections are to our health and well-being, to our resilience on the planet as a species, to mm. our physical health, our emotional health. I mean, social support and uh, in the book, you also call it social capital, that the, what we know from research, as well as all of us from personal experience, that this authentic connection is the lifeboat as we navigate these troubling times, that the more of authentic connection we can make with others, it becomes like this um, amortized capital in the bank for us, right? It just grows and grows. What can you say about using our social capital to help us navigate these troubling times? Yes. So as we look at social capital, we think, oh, well, the more friends that um, so-and-so has, the happier they must be because they have so many friends. They're very likable, right? But Simply, and social media has really changed the whole way that we think of friends, too. I use the word friends very lightly these days because, you know, I can say, oh, you have 10,000 friends across all your social media channels, but really your brain cannot process that. So your brain can only maintain a connection of 150 people. Okay, so think about that. You can, your brain can only handle 150 people. So it doesn't matter if you have 10,000 friends. That does not necessarily mean that you are, the more friends you have, the happier you are. Uh, and, and then I talk about your closest 15 or your fantastic 15. And your closest 15 are the people that have the most impact on your happiness, both mentally and physically. So that's why you have to really understand your inner circle. Now, there's so many things that come of this. And I think once I understood this, my life really changed too, is, is this whole thing fantastic 15. Once I really started weeding out the people who were toxic in my life, and now I just have no, no, I, I just say peace out and goodbye, like instantly if I, if I see somebody that I just like don't even want to be connected with. But once I started making that choice, physically I changed, um, mentally I changed, my happiness grew, uh, the way that I communicated to people changed the way that people felt about me changed. And so it is that important. That's how important our connections are, especially those 15, those fantastic 15 that are within your inner circle. They are key to your happiness. Hey, Amy, can I, I just, I, I would love for you to answer this with that fantastic 15 is, um, I remember always talking about there are those that have, a um, hundred people a mile a uh, hundred people an inch deep or a couple mm-hmm. people a mile deep like with friends like mm-hmm. there are those that have a hundred people that are an inch deep and then there are those that have a couple that are a mile deep does that make a difference in that the closest 15 and what we're talking about here with relationships is we what does the science say? We need those mile deep people as well as those inch deep friends, or is there a difference? Yeah, you know, you, you definitely need those mile deep people. Those are your go-to people. And I think you see this in times of tragedy. And, you know, when my mom was dying, I can count on, well, 
yeah, probably one hand, the five people that were the most impactful for me at that time in my life. And they weren't just impactful for me because they would come to the hospital when I happened to be back home in Nebraska. No, they were there every single time. They were checking in on me via text messages. They were calling me. They were checking in all the time, making sure I was okay. They were bringing me things to the hospital. They were going to visit my mom. So those are necessary. Those are our go-to people. And, And another way to look at that is, if you only had seven more days left to live and you were in the hospital, who would you want to most see? And that then becomes your mild deep people. I, I, I bet, I bet it does. I bet if you answer that question, then you go, yep, those are the people, those are the mild deep people that I need in my life. But you have to be, you have to cultivate that relationship as well. It's not just about you. It's about giving as well. Mm-hmm cultivating that relationship. Thank you. That's a a perfect word for this conversation today. So Amy, we have like three minutes left and um, I just want to check in with you in like two minutes or less. Is there any thing that we didn't have the opportunity to talk about today that you really want to bring forward? Uh, Wow. Uh, No, I just think, you know, if, if everyone can just remember to assume positive intention and that um, we need to band together as the United States and as the world to change our thoughts and to use our thoughts to change the way we feel because we need this positivity movement now more than ever, more than ever. So make the choice to be positive and learn what that means and how you can do it because this world will be a better place and we will all be better people as we all fight for our own happiness. Mm. Thank you, Amy. I just want to remind our listeners that um, the book is Seven More Days by Amy Dix. And in the book, she does give you examples of how to work with your thoughts. And I couldn't agree more, Amy. It is a really auspicious time on our planet and bringing positivity to the world is our utmost calling at this time. So, Amy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for bringing this dose of possibility through positivity, happiness, and connection that I think is so important for our times here today. And thank you for for writing this. It's a deeply vulnerable, transparent part of your journey in a very tender time. And, and I, I, I commend you for really talking about the journey through your mother's death and, and all the lessons you've learned that, that really help so many of us on the planet. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing this and thank you for being you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Dr. Julie. You are so welcome. And I want to leave you listeners with some of Amy's words on social capital. Here we are. Your social circle is one you should spend time on. Our connection to other people, our so-called social capital, is essential to our positivity. But more significantly, humankind has evolved into being a social animal because we understand that community is essential to our survival. 
You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.